love you, Lord. Wow, it's great to be in church. Missed your beautiful faces. So great to be in church together. And thank you to all those joining us online this morning as well. You know, I really believe this is going to be an incredible year. And I know we can say that flippantly. And we can say, oh yeah, well we said that last year. We said that the year before. But let's be believers. Let's believe in faith that what God's going to do in this season is going to be incredible. You know, I really felt as we were worshipping this morning, and whether you've ever been on a uh, website and you get that spinning wheel of death and it's like, oh no, it's freezing, it's freezing, it's freezing. And you've got to click that refresh button. And I really felt in the spirit this morning, let's click that refresh button over 2022, over all that's ahead and the purpose and the destiny that God has for you. Let's flick that button and believe God for a refresh in our spirit, a refresh in our church, a refresh in our community, a refresh in the world, a refresh in Australia. We need it. A refresh of the Spirit of God moving and breathing. So just for a moment, why don't we lift up our hands for a moment? Just soak in the presence of God. Lord, we just thank You for a refresh. We thank you for what's ahead for us, Lord God. Your plans are good, for good and not for evil. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have ahead for each and every person, whether they're in the room this morning or online, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for what is ahead. We praise you, Lord God, before the breakthrough, why the breakthrough is happening and on the other side of the breakthrough. Lord, we know you're moving in this season. You're moving in us and we invite in greater measure, Lord God, for you to move in our hearts, Lord Jesus, for you to move in this church and in this nation. Lord, we pray this week as we celebrate Australia Day and all that's to come, Lord God, for this great nation, I pray for unity across Australia. I pray, Lord God, for your spirit to move in a powerful way. Lord, we thank you for what you've done at Summer Mix this week in our youth and our young adults. And I pray what you've started there, Lord God, you'll continue to carry out to completion, Lord God. You'd move in every heart, in every life, Lord Jesus. I pray that it would be an overflow kind of life. What started there would continue day in, day out, new rhythms of grace for our youth and our young adults, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, it's great to see you, as I said before. Amy sends her love. She's still recovering from the the c-section and she'll be back at church next sunday but she sends her love this morning and uh everything's going well with baby hudson baby number three it's uh it's a crazy time in the sattler household getting used to being a family of five but uh we're really enjoying it and uh i wasn't meant to be here this morning but i think i'm annoying my wife because she said to me about a week ago can you please go to church And so I'm an introvert's worst nightmare in quarantine. And so uh, she's had enough of it three weeks and she sent me to church this morning. And I'm happy to be here. So it's great to see people and be around people this morning. But I just wanted to commend uh, Tim and Ali and all of the team that have carried things. I haven't been in church since last year. And uh, and they've been uh, carrying things and carrying the staff and the team. And I also want to commend all of our leaders through uh, youth and young adults and what they've done this week through Summer Mix. You know, um, Dan and Rach, 
Rona came to visit them just the day before uh, Summer Mix was to start and their team have just jumped in and, and helped serve and be able to, uh, to do things over this week to make it happen. And uh, Sam and Mikey and Dan and Rachel, all of the team that have just served so hard, I think they deserve a round of applause. Yeah. They've done an incredible job and uh, we honour them and thank them for all that they've done. But um, yeah, it's great. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Tim is going to bring a great word. We've been uh, friends with Tim for for many years. And Tim and Milani, Noli and Lacey are such an incredible family. And they serve at Horizon Church, which is a great church. And like I said, I've known Tim for, I don't know, probably 12, 13 years. And, um, and, and, And these guys have just been such incredible friends over that period. I remember about... 11 years ago, calling Tim, and my world was a bit of a mess. My ministry uh, life was a bit of a mess. And I called him and I said, I was just talking to him on the phone. I said, I'm a bit of a mess. And he said, you know what? I remember him saying at the time, hey, just just remember to keep the bedrocks in your life strong. Focus on God. Focus on your family. Focus on the things that matter. And uh, I still remember that conversation and just uh, and the impact that that had on my life. And I know that this week we've really been blessed by the word that's been spoken. And you're going to be blessed this morning. So give him a hand as he comes to bring the word this morning. Wow, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> it was so good to see you all. And uh, yeah, you can go ahead and be seated. And um, what an honor to be here this morning. Thank you so much for having me. And Milani and I, we're so grateful just to be, uh, you know, with your church this weekend and with the young adults this week. And, you know, I just want to just, uh, you know, share and just honor Ben and Amy. You know, your pastors are truly just salt of the earth people. They are the real deal. Ben's definitely one of my greatest friends in ministry. We were youth pastors at the same time. So, you know, we've been through all the seasons. Uh, but you guys are under great leadership, leadership that you can lean into and trust. And I just think, you know, even being here this week, it's been beautiful to watch um, your young people and your young adults just lean into the things of God. And that actually says so much about a church. And uh, being a part of the young adults, I wasn't part of the youth summer mix, but the young adult summer mix was amazing. And uh, in a season when a lot of churches are really struggling in that space, you know, the youth, the young adults, they've been really hit by the last couple of years without being able to gather. I just really love that you're a church who is putting in like effort and intentional sort of focus upon that, those age groups. And God did great things. And so, yeah, I love it. You guys are part of an amazing church. And I honor you, Ben. Love you. And I'm uh, really, really grateful to be here, which is cool. Um, I don't think I've met a lot of you, but hopefully over the uh, yeah next little while or you know, even after the service, I'll get to say hi to a bunch of you. But uh, my name's Tim, as you, as you heard. And uh, also just want to welcome everyone joining us online. Good to, good to see you. I know you're there as well, even if you're not in the room. So, um, you know, for me, I'm a part of our church in, in uh, Sydney, uh, or in the Sutherland Shire called Horizon, and I'm, a, I'm the discipleship pastor there, and I love what I do. And, uh, you know, this weekend, I was so grateful to be able to bring Milani and uh, our girls with us. And so this is my wife, Milani, and uh, she's half, half Tongan, half Dutch, so she's tall, dark, looks like a holiday, and God has been good to me. And we have the most beautiful girls. Little Lacey was so excited to make new friends at Kids Church. And so she's out, uh, you know, in Kids Church making new friends. And this is little Magnolia Love here. So, yeah, we're so grateful. And I just want you to know, church, we were so blessed because when we arrived at the place we're staying, your church had organized little gifts for my girls. And they went 
crazy, jumping on the bed. They were so grateful. And I just personally always want my kids to love Jesus, to love the church, to love the idea of ministry, where ministry isn't something that takes dad away, but it's something that they are uh, happy to be a part of. And I'm so grateful for your generous church showing that kind of love to my family. So thank you. Thank you very much. I feel so excited to be here. And Nolly's pumped, as you can hear. Well, uh, we're going to jump into the Word of God. I really feel that um, today God wants to stir us. And, you know, I was praying for you and praying for this morning. And my prayer was that this morning what God would speak to us would be something that would be very helpful in the year ahead. Something that you may refer back to and be reminded of as you navigate uh, the, the, you know, the complexities of a year. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to read an amazing verse. Many of you guys would have read from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and six and it says this it says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight and uh, the title of my message this morning if you are taking notes is strange it is two trees and a taxi driver and uh, we're just going to believe for God to just open up the Scriptures and help us this morning. So would you join me just as we pray? Lord, I just thank you so much that every single time we go to Scripture, you reveal yourself to us. And the more clearly that we see you, God, the more we become like you, Lord. Thank you that the Bible teaches us as we contemplate you, we are transformed into your image. So I pray, God, for a transformative process to take place as we consider you, contemplate you, look to you in the Scriptures today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know if you've ever been duped. Have you ever been duped or, you know, been hoodwinked or scammed or something like that? It's a pretty confronting thing. Now, I was once so duped uh, that I wasn't even upset. I was more just impressed. You know what I'm saying? So, um, one of the places that Malaya and I love so much in this world is India. And so, we love India. We love the beautiful people. And, and we've had an opportunity to go over there. And when we were over there for the first time, uh, we were told by the person who, you know, ran the hotel, they said, hey, Tim, we're excited to have you here. But the most important thing is at the airport, you don't get in a car with any other driver except for the driver from our hotel. They will make sure you get to the hotel and we'll take care of everything. I'm like, sweet, my one job, make sure we get in the car with the hotel driver. So we get to India and uh, first thing that happens, people come up and they're like, hey, would you like me to help with your bags? I'm like, nah, it's fine. All good. One of them grabs a bag. I'm like, hey, it's okay. I got my own bags. We're sweet. So we take our bags. We go around the corner and then this person like sees us and yells out, Tim, Tim. And I'm like, fantastic. This is the, obviously the driver from the hotel. So we walk over and he goes, are you Tim? I said, yes. And he says, uh, I say, are you from this particular hotel? He says, yes, I am. I say, do you know Emil? He's like, yes, I do. And I'm like, fantastic. Let's get in the car. So we, we go get our luggage, get in this car. And uh, we drive for a little while. And we're sort of going the opposite direction to the city. And so after a little bit of taking photos of India, just loving it, we're, we're sort of like, excuse me, where are we going? And they say, oh, look. There's been a festival, so there's actually the streets that the hotel's on has been shut down. So I'm just going to take you to my brother's uh, place. He is actually somebody who works with tourists, and he can actually help you with your holiday. And I'm like, oh, that's strange. So we go to this place. We're sitting there. This guy comes out, this guy's brother, and I'm like, this is a bit odd, okay? He starts like, hey, would you like to do this? Would you like a driver? Would you like this tour? Would you like to... And we're sitting there, and I'm starting to clue on, right? I'm a bit thick. <laughs> it took me a while. I'm like, hmm, I don't think this is right. 
So they're like, what do you want? I said, you know what I'd really love? Some Wi-Fi. So they give me the Wi-Fi password. Ding, ding, ding. My phone starts going off. And it's Emil from the hotel being like, Tim, where are you? My driver can't find you. You know, have you landed yet? Are you okay? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm with my wife. We didn't have kids at the time. And I'm just like, where are we, right? So what I do is I call Emil and he's like, oh my gosh, put the person on the phone. I don't know what Emil said, but he said something that was very serious because the person sort of went a little bit, you know, ashen and like a bit nervous. And they're like, we'll, we'll take you back to the hotel now. I'm like, thank you very much. So we got to the hotel and we had this amazing holiday. And uh, I remember talking to Emil. I'm like, how did this happen? He says, did anyone try and help you with your bags? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, ah, what would have happened is someone would have seen your name on the bag told their friend who yelled out your name and he said, did you say the name of the hotel or did they? I said, you know what? I did. <laughs> and so I just fed all this information. This person saw me coming a mile away and got absolutely duped, right? Got absolutely deceived. And uh, there's a story in the Bible, you know, sort of the greatest deception of, of human history is all the way back with Adam and Eve. And I know many of you will know this story, but for the sake of today's message, I actually want to read some of these scriptures about the story of Adam and Eve and their deception. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 to 9, it says this. It says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, there were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Did you know that there was not just one tree in the middle of the garden, there was actually two trees, tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15 says, Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So there's two trees in the middle, yet only one of them is forbidden. So we can see here that God's heart was that they would take from the tree of life. That was one of the trees that was gifted to man. Jump down with me to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read verse 1 to 7, and it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Do you know, until this moment, what we see is a picture of God's intention for humanity. We see Adam and Eve in perfect communion with God and also access to eternal life. The tree of life was open to them. The communion that they had with God was daily and intimate. There was nothing that stood between them and God. This is actually God's heart for humanity. And you know what? That is still his heart for humanity. Communion with God and everlasting life. So what we see here is a picture of what God intends even for you and I today. 
And in the midst of this perfection, they're given access to many trees, and two of them that are noteworthy, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And we've got to realize only one of these was forbidden. He always gave us access to the tree of life. Do you know, we see them in this perfect spot, and then we wonder, you know, what on earth happened where everything sort of fell apart at this point? And, you know, you will know that a little thing called choice happened. Uh, you know, choice is one of those things that we're sort of like, God, wouldn't it have just been easier not to have that tree there at all? You know, this like age-old question, God, couldn't you have saved us so much pain and difficulty by actually not having the tree of knowledge for us to even be tempted by it? Why on earth would you put that there? Well, the reason God put that there is because it is actually vital to relationship. Do I want to read one thing real quickly? Because if we get a wrong picture of God, it actually affects everything else that we understand about God. And you know, sometimes we think God's out to punish us, to harm us, to hurt us. And we think, oh my gosh, God's attitude in this moment was, hey, if you disobey me, I will kill you. But let me read you what it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. It says, The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. He didn't say, if you eat from it, I will kill you. We actually see the nature of God on display here. His nature is one of concern and not one of control. You better do what I say or else. That's control. No, his one is please. Don't eat from it because it is not good for you. It is a heart that is for you. He can, he's concerned about Adam and Eve and, 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 the, and, the, and his children. This is God's heart even today. Not one of control, trying to make you conform to a certain way of living or do certain things and don't do certain things. He's not a God that comes down hard. He's a God that is concerned uh, for you and wants you to experience life and life to the full. Why didn't God just remove the tree? You know, I think many people have asked that question. Well, let me put it this way. I was trying to figure out how could you explain this? Well, Melania and I, you know, we've been married 10 years next Friday. <laughs> how cool is that? And we have a weekend planned up in Newcastle and we're stoked. But if I told you that, you know what, Melania and I have been married 10 years and, oh man, I remember back on the wedding day, Melania didn't want anything to do with it. But I had a couple of the guys go get her, bring her to the, to the church we made us sign the papers and we've been happily married for 10 years ever since. You know, just got to keep locks on the doors and all that sort of stuff. You'd just be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not a marriage. You know what I mean? You're, you guys aren't in love. You're a psycho, right? You belong in jail. Like, that's not cool. Why? Because we recognize that for a relationship to exist, it has to be entered into voluntarily. If Milani and I don't both enter into that voluntary, we don't have a relationship, no matter what I call it. And it's the same with God. God actually desires real relationship with you he doesn't want like something that looks like a relationship or something that has this you know this this type of relationship he is after knowing you and you knowing him he is after communion and everlasting life this is God's heart for you this morning and for all people choice is vitally necessary and it's profoundly beautiful it is the choosing of God that gives substance to our relationship with God and if we don't truly have a choice, then we don't truly have a relationship. So, trust the enemy of our relationship with God, the devil, to exploit this necessity to spite God. Knowing that this is something required for true relationship, it's the thing that the enemy uses to hurt God. You know, God, uh, the enemy can't get to God, right? But he gets to God through his image bearers. He, he wants to affect us. You know, he's not necessarily 
hates me. He's like anti-God, right? So sometimes what happens is the enemy comes and it hurts God's children because we matter so much to God. Do you know, the enemy has um, no handle on God, so he goes after God's image. Genesis 3 says that the taxi driver, no it doesn't, it says the serpent comes to the woman with a deception. Did God really say? Did God really say you'll die? You won't die. In fact, you will be like God. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but this, this concept of being like God is actually the sin that ruins Satan. It is the desire to be worshipped, the desire to be like God, the desire to be the one on the throne that is actually the ruin of Satan. And it's the same sin that he tries to infect humanity with. And, you know, sure enough, Adam and Eve... You know, they do what he says, what, 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 that, what is suggested to them. And do you know what? What he said comes to pass. Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. But in being like God, they became acutely aware that they were not God. And they became aware of good, which is God and his you know, promises and, his, and, his, and who he is. And they became acutely aware of evil, which is their disobedience. And all of a sudden, what happens? Guilt enters the human heart. I'm now aware. I didn't even realize, but now I can see clearly good and evil and I am actually on the wrong side of the equation. What do they do? They hide. They make coverings. They hide from God. Bad idea. God's like (laughs) all-knowing. So where are you guys? They're like, hide from God. He finds them real quick, right? Worst person to play hide and seek with. But this is when guilt enters the human heart. So you might be thinking, well, I've come to church on Sunday morning at the beginning of the year. What are we talking about this ancient story for? Well, you know, like Adam and Eve, you are children of God. You're his sons, his daughters. He desires relationship with you. His heart is that you would have communion with him and everlasting life. That is what he desires so much. And in the same way that the enemy went after Adam and Eve, he comes after us today with deception. He comes after us with deception and says, you will be like God. Do you know, the, the fallen human heart establishes itself as the center of the universe. And everything revolves around me. And you think, why do we have so many problems in the world today? Well, because so many people walk around wondering why the world doesn't uh, revolve around them. They have positioned themselves as the center of the universe. You know, we create gods of ourselves. And we, we make our decisions and what I think and what I decide is right as the ultimate truth. And we decide, well, this is how I see it. Therefore, everyone else should bend to what I think. And we make little gods of ourselves. But the challenge is we actually make lousy gods. Because unlike the true God, we are susceptible to deception. He cannot be deceived. He cannot be mocked. He is above the deception of the enemy. While you and I, putting ourselves in that place of God to make all the decisions that we think best for our life, we can be deceived. We foolishly think that if we can just increase our knowledge, then we will have better judgment. (laughs) We think that we'll be able to determine uh, better between good and evil if we know more. And this is that idea. And I'm telling you, entire industries and governments and media everything is built on this idea of if we can gather our collective knowledge then we will be able to know what is right and what is wrong the more i know the better judgment i can make the more i'm aware of but the truth is i think we can all see that there is more knowledge more information more ability to collaborate with the greatest minds in the world right now but can you see that it's not really working the increase of knowledge hasn't solved the problem 
We have more access to information now than anyone has even remotely had close to through human history. Yet no matter how much knowledge we seem to get, we still are unable to, to truly discern good from evil, what is right and what is wrong. Do you know, I realized a little while ago that I actually have a gluttony problem. <laughs> how about that? Everyone's like, what? <laughs> and my gluttony problem is this, right? I was, I was at um, Westfield, Miranda, and I was waiting for Milani, and I drove into the car park, and in the car park, there is no reception, no internet, no Wi-Fi, no radio, no nothing. And I'm there for about maybe 15, 20 minutes before Milani's ready to, to leave, and I'm sitting there. And as I drove in, I was listening to the news on the radio, and it just started, so I had to turn that off. So I parked the car, I'm like, okay, cool. Get my phone out, check my emails, oh, no, don't have any internet, all good. I'll just check Instagram. Well, no, can't do that because I've got no, no internet. That's cool, I'll just put the radio on. Okay, that's shut as well. And then I'm like, realize, I start getting twitchy. You know what I'm saying? I realize how like, much I'm, I'm constantly consuming information. And I honestly, 15 minutes felt like an eternity. I'm like getting on edge. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, and I can't tell you how many times I pulled out my phone to check something or to do something. Or to send a message. And I just realized every time I did that, I'm like, I've got a problem. In the last 15 minutes, with, unconsciously, I've pulled out my phone to do something about five times. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And what I've realized is this thirst for knowledge and this information and the idea that I can get more. And the more that I get, the better I can understand, you know, right from wrong and the better decisions I can make and the better choices I can make in my life. I realized that I am seriously gluttonous for, for, for knowledge. But I also realized that it's never, like, it's insatiable. You're never satisfied. And, you know, you get your news app and you've checked it 20 minutes ago. So you bust it back open and you refresh just in case something has happened around the world that you must know. Can you see how it's sort of like this never-ending pursuit of knowledge? It is this constant drawing on this idea that I just need to know more. The more I know, the more I'm aware of you know, and we find ourselves handing our life over to an algorithm or to a news cycle or, or to the ideas of, and opinions of others so quickly. Do you know, we're so overwhelmed with information that, had as, that it has squeezed out all space for contemplation. When was the last time you truly sat with something, with a thought, and considered it for yourself? Not, not what does someone else say, not what does this influencer think, not what is the, uh, you know, academic, you know, uh, perspective on this situation. What, <clears throat> when was the last time you sat with something and contemplated it? I, I realized that literally every single time I stop, phone out, you walk around the streets, no one sits there. I saw a, a gentleman, older gentleman the other day, sitting on a park bench just looking like this. I said to mine, I'm like, look at this guy. This is so strange. Like, this is odd. Like, I do not see this. I love this guy. <laughs> He's literally just sitting there enjoying the world. Literally every single other person you pretty much walk past, if they get a second, waiting for their Macca's order, waiting for you know, someone to be finishing with school, whatever it is, you're on your phone. Am I right? You know, even Einstein, uh, the smartest man, most intelligent man on earth, he saw the folly in this. I love this quote. He said, reading after a certain age diverts the mind too much from its creative pursuits. Any man who reads too much and uses his own brain too little falls into lazy habits of thinking. Another very smart man, my pastor, Pastor Brad, he says it like this, God doesn't want us to be people of information, 
but people of revelation. There is something that as believers we have access to, which is not the tree of knowledge. God restores us through the work of Jesus back to that place where we have access again to Him, to communion and the purposes of God. You know, in Revelations 2 verse 7, Jesus says this, to the one who is victorious, that's the one who's made righteous in Christ, you and I as believers, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. What tree do you find yourself going to? Through Jesus, we have access to God. We have access to His Spirit. We have access to, you know, His guidance through Scripture. We have access to the tree of life. He wants us to be in communion with Him and have that everlasting life. But sometimes I find myself choosing the tree of knowledge. What are you eating from each day? You know, one time when this became extremely real for me was I woke up years ago, some of you guys will remember this, and iPhone had done an update. And basically what they did is they turned all your notifications on and sort of subscribed you to the Apple News. And so I remember waking up in the morning, rolling over, checking my phone, and bang, headline, 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 headline. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's happening there. I didn't realize that was... And for the next like week, every morning I realized I was getting up, the first thing that I would have in my mind is the problems of the world. The issues and the, and the news of the day and the perspectives and opinions of others. And I just remember just being like, whoa, man, look, I didn't really... And I had this moment where I really felt God say to me, Tim... Come on, you've got to turn those notifications off. You need to choose. What will you do in the morning? Will you first go to the tree of life and have communion with me and experience what I have for you and let me set the sails of your day? Or are you going to let someone else choose what you understand, what you read, what you see, what you're filling yourself with? Are you going to choose knowledge or are you going to choose life? And I, I, lo- you know, I love Instagram. I love following along with friends and seeing the creativity out there. But God said to me, Tim, no Instagram if you haven't had the word, Right? Word first, you get up, you seek me, you press into me, you read scripture, you let that set your day. And all of a sudden, you can then you know, enjoy Instagram, but it doesn't become the thing that defines you. That, under, that knowledge of what's happening out there doesn't become the thing that drives you. We are obsessed with knowledge. In place of God's voice in our life, we have placed our own voice scaffolded by our own accumulated knowledge. And we read like crazy articles, opinions, perspectives, consume, consume, consume the whole time. It is shaping our way of thinking. But we have been neglecting the presence of God, the Word of God, and leaning into the things of God. And we become so confident of our, un- our own understanding, and that's dangerous. And the reason it's dangerous is this, because we are susceptible to deception. Do you know, if you've never heard God disagree with you, um, I would maybe ask the question, have you been hearing from God? I might get the, uh, oh, thank you so much, the keys to come back. <laughs> yeah, on, on the money. So good. Do you know, um, I think deep down, some of us <laughs> actually think God is like a little bit daft. We think, we think you know what, God's, He's God and all, but if I was God... <laughs> I would do this. Have you ever like prayed something and wondered why God didn't answer? And it was like, well, God really missed an opportunity there. Here I am stepping out in faith and God didn't come through. Well, you know, and you start to think like, you know, better than God. You start to think, well, if I was God, I would have done this. But the truth is what we don't realize is that what looks right can actually be wrong. 
And what seems wrong can sometimes be right. Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. You know that job promotion that you are like, God, why didn't you give it to me? Or that girlfriend, boyfriend you're praying for or didn't happen or something fell apart and you feel so broken. God, this is not fair. And we're upset at God or, you know, the delay in something that you, you feel like you need or a challenge that you face. These things, they just, we don't understand why God doesn't work in the way that we want Him to. But the truth is maybe you dodged a bullet. Because, you know, there's success and then there's good success. And God doesn't want you to just have success. He wants you to have good success. I love this verse, Proverbs 22, verse 10. It says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and He adds no sorrow to it. How many people have great success in their business or career but lose their family? How many people have pressed into some area of their life and they're killing it, but the other areas of their life, they're lost? God doesn't do that. He's a win-win God. He gives us success and adds no sorrow to it. Do you know, maybe you dodged a bullet. We think, why didn't I get that job? And we think that would have been awesome because there would have been a bigger pay packet. But God's saying, no, you also would have been taken away from your children many, many more hours than you would be. And so because God knows all things, He actually cares for us and has concern for us and keeps us from things that we think we want because we can't see that they are not actually what we want. He loves us that much. You know, knowledge is not enough. What you need is God's voice. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. You know, two quick keys to us to straight paths in 2022, I believe. First one is this, to learn to hear the voice of God. To learn to hear the voice of God. And the second one is simply this, to learn to trust that voice even more than your own. Are we leaning into God? Are we spending time studying and learning scripture are we leaning into the things of of god with our church community and letting our our our, team friends pastors those around us sharpen us and strengthen us in the purposes of god because the more we can hear his voice and discern what it is he's leading us in and the more we begin to trust that voice even over our own the more we experience these straight paths to be a christian is to have access to god this is what jesus did when he died he dealt with the issue of sin that we read about in Genesis chapter 2 and he didn't only restore us back to that place but he restored us to a place of even greater intimacy where we experience the 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 love and the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf and we say wow God thank you so much that I have communion with you and everlasting life this is the gospel that God did what needed to be done so that his children can come back to that place of communion with him and everlasting life a life that never ends And so simply this morning, just as we sort of come to this point, I'm just going to pray for some people in a moment. I just want you to think this year, what am I reaching out to? Tree of knowledge of good and evil, thinking the more I know, the better decisions I can make? Or am I leaning into the tree of life, the voice of God, the direction of God, following Him even against my own judgment because I know that He cannot be deceived and He brings success with no sorrow. And so in 2022, I just really pray that that's your attitude that's your heart that you would lean into the things of God maybe for you when I talked about no Instagram before the word maybe for you that's your new strategy I'm not going to read the news until I've read the Bible I'm not going to lean into Facebook until I've spent time in prayer what is it for you that looks like reaching out to the to the tree of life come on that's what we're called to as believers
I'd just love to pray for a couple of groups of people right now. Maybe if I could just ask you just to close your eyes. And uh, the first group of people is, as I've been preaching, you have um, been you know, sitting there and you're sort of like, wow, this, this guy, when he talks about God, he talks about a God that you could know. He talks about a relationship. He talks about you know, having communion with God and being able to hear God's voice. That is foreign to me. That's, I always thought this was just a religion or a set of rules or a behavior or a way to live, but you're talking about something beyond that that I've never experienced. If today you're in the room or you're online and you have never experienced a relationship with God, or maybe a long time ago you walked closely with God, but if you're honest, it's been so long, so long since you've heard His voice, since you've you know, been stirred by His Spirit, and today you're saying, you know what, I need to take that step to begin this year in right relationship with God. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm reaching out to you. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved means healed, brought back to wholeness, restored to His original intention, which is communion and everlasting life. No sin can stand in the way. No brokenness can stand in the way. Nothing you've done will stop this. God wants to meet with you where you're at right now. And just while eyes are closed, I'd just love to lead you in a prayer if that's you. And just so I know maybe in the room if that's you and you're like, yep, I want to pray that prayer and I'm really pressing in. Can I ask you to just give us a quick, quick wave just so I know who I'm praying with? Eyes are closed right now. I think I've just asked a couple of leaders to make sure I don't miss anyone. But is anyone in the room and you're like, you know what? I need to make this decision at the very beginning of the year to, to receive Jesus, to have a relationship with God or it's been a long time and I'm coming back. If that's you, just last. And if you're online, maybe, you know, just put your hand on your heart if you're online and you're watching this and you're like, that's me. And then I'd love all of us just to pray this prayer, particularly those who are praying this morning. And this is a really, really significant prayer for you. You can sense that. So with all eyes closed, let's all pray this prayer right now after me. Dear Jesus, I know that you love me and that you gave your life up for me. I thank you that I am your child and that what you did made a way for me to know you, to have communion and to have everlasting life with God. So today I accept you as my Lord and Savior and I pray from this day forward you would walk with me, you would talk to me and that you would live in me Jesus name thank you Lord just while your eyes are closed you know in fact why don't we just all stand up for a moment wherever you're at and for those people that responded in that moment you know if you want to talk to one of the team here I'm sure they'd love to encourage you but wherever you're at right now why don't we at the beginning of the year make the choice and just say God I'm choosing you in 2022 I'm going to turn down the volume of the world I'm going to stop relying on the opinions of others to define my beliefs and my understanding of life. And I'm going to lean into the things of God, lean into the Word, lean into prayer, lean into spaces that encourage your voice and help me, God, to hear your voice. So if today you really feel that that's what you want this year, I just encourage you, wherever you're at, why don't you just open up your heart to God? Maybe open up your hands, whatever it looks like for you. Come on, lean into God. Right? I'm just going to pray for you. Lord, I just thank you so much for this beautiful church, for these amazing people. God, I thank you that you, Jesus, made a way that we can have relationship with our God. And Lord, I thank you that with that comes the privilege and the joy of hearing your voice and being led by your Spirit. Lord, I thank you that when you lead us, you lead us into life and life to the full. Lord, I thank you that no matter what we are going through, God, you always have a way forward. 
no matter what is happening around us, God, you always have a way to move us into the next phase of our destiny, God. And we choose today not to lean on our own understanding, not to decide what we think is best, not to base our understanding of good and evil based only on what we've read or understood from others. Lord, I pray right now that we would be people who trust you this year, who do what you ask, even if it rages in the face of sound reason or something that we feel, you know, we think is better. God, we pray that we would be people of trust and that as we trust you, God, that you would direct our paths. So I thank you so much for the fruit, God, of trusting you in every individual life, God that it will be the things of God experienced, the presence of God felt, the life of God seen in every situation, in every person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to go into a time of worship now. Come on, let's lean in. Let's press in. Let's have this moment with God.